All right, welcome back to the Alabama Sportsman's Podcast. Today in studio, we got Chris Weston. And Chris is from Northeast Alabama. He's a Mossy Oak Pro Staffer. He's a brand ambassador for Blocker Outdoors, brand ambassador for Scentlock. He's a pro staffer for Ghost Blind, uh, pro staffer for Deer Crossing Archery, Third Hand Archery, and he is a sales and marketing manager for Buckhorn Outdoors. He's got a lot going on, and he's a very smart guy. And today he comes in, we're going to talk turkey hunting, a little bit of deer hunting, and a little bit about his fate. So y'all stick around, and uh, we're going to go right into the show. So here's Chris. I'm trying to right now. Uh, I've been. I've got a bunch of. Uh, I work for Buckhorn uh, tree stands, uh, Buckhorn Outdoor uh, products, mm-hmm. and they gave me free uh, tree stands. And I've got a great relationship with the owner. And there is a NWTF uh, banquet this Saturday in Gadsden, Rainbow City, maybe. Okay. And I'm trying to get. Um, uh, him to, I've got a bunch of brand new stands at my house that are still in the boxes. Uh, some of them are for pro staff guys. Some of them are for just, you know, who knows what. And, uh, of course I got a bunch of them out on trees in the woods, Mm -hmm. which I need to bring home. Uh, but, uh, I'm trying to get him to donate one to the dinner, one of those stands to the dinner on, Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday night. So, uh, hopefully he'll call me back, uh, tonight and, and give me the the heads up on that. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. Because I, I believe that I really, uh, believe in supporting the conversation and uh, I mean uh, c- conservation and, and habitat and everything and I think that there is uh, you know turkeys are turkey numbers are declining uh, everywhere yeah really well I'm gonna well probably everywhere except for Calhoun County yeah Had, I'm gonna tell you I've the never last five years of us turkey hunting in Cone County, yeah. it's, it is booming. I mean, it's every year. You just see more and more. It's crazy. We went, we went by a spot today, a, a place that I can hunt. It's a big open field. Mm-hmm. We, get, we get to hunt beside the field. We don't get to hunt the property in the field. Mm-hmm. But the turkeys, they, you, know, you know, they roost in our, the woods and come yeah. out. But anyway, we rode by today during the rain, and there was about 20 gobblers wow. in the field. There's about 100 turkeys there. Wow. I mean, most people wouldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. it, lo- it looks like yeah. Kent, Southeast Kansas or something. Yeah. But there were about tw- uh, 20 gobblers, you know, establishing picking order. You know, they, they, were, they were fighting. They were, they were uh, strutting and racing. You know how they'll run beside each other and stuff? They were doing all that. And I sat there for about 15 minutes wow. and watched them. And I just, I mean, it had my b- blood going. You know? I'm I just, telling you. I just, I mean, it's, it's, something, it's something to see. And this is a new piece of property that we get to hunt this year. So I'm wow. excited. That is exciting. Yeah. There is a field uh, not far, I want to say, uh, I don't want to say exactly where. Oh, yeah, you but can't do the, that. Uh, not far from where we live, there is a field like that. And um, uh, the guys that go to our church live near it. And they're bringing pictures in, like what you're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, 50, 75 birds on this field when it's raining out. And uh, and I'm like, well, uh, I, y'all have lived here forever. Who's the owner? And I said, it doesn't matter. He ain't going to give, ain't never given anybody permission to hunt it. And you ain't going to be the first. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, and they don't, ask. yeah, and, and they don't turkey hunt. But yeah. uh, I found out that a long time ago that, 
when you take a pretty little girl with you and knock on the door, you can you'd be amazed at the doors that will open in terms of you know That's getting right. permission to hunt places. And, and, so, oh yeah. And for those of y'all who are listening to it, not watching on YouTube, he's talking about his pretty little daughter he's got over here, which he said is is a. Uh, uh, an ace turkey caller, so that's his secret weapon. It I think. is. Hey, it is. <laughs> I promise she can call him like uh, like nobody's business. Um, and, and you know, it started uh, the guy who used to make my turkey calls uh, for me, a guy named Tony Reynolds, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he made he's been making this Carolina assassin uh, call for twenty five years probably, and it's a it's it is a, an amazing call. It's, crystal on one side and then on the back side is a small cluck and purr pot with uh, made out of slate uh and he years ago he said i'm gonna make and i've got two daughters and they're both the same age a few months step stepsisters but right uh they're my daughters and right. uh but they um uh and he told him he said i'm gonna make y'all pink turkey calls oh and uh and they were so excited well uh we met him down at mark's outdoors a few years ago and he handed the calls to him and just basically a pink Carolina assassin is what it was. Right. And uh, we took pictures and maybe a video is my recollection and uh, put it on Facebook that night. And he started getting, and I'm telling you, bombarded with people wanting that pink turkey call for their wives or girlfriends. A lot of women wow. wanted the call. Uh, so he turned into a production model. Right on. And that really, I think, fostered in, uh, uh, well, both the girls, but particularly uh, Thumper is uh, my daughter's nickname, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in Thumper. She really wanted to learn how to run the calls and get become a competent caller and everything. And she's a little on the fence in terms of actually pulling the trigger and killing one, but she really does uh, enjoy calling, and she can definitely call well enough uh, to bring birds in uh, into shotgun range. So I'm real proud of her. And, and listen to that, guys, all you – seasoned turkey hunters this is a 14 year old little girl 13 yeah. oh, 13. 13. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, she 13. was 12 uh, right. 10 days ago yeah nice. i'm sorry so, 13 yeah. Yep. yeah so so that's uh that's that ought to make you up, that ought to make you feel good <laughs> 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 yeah. that's right so but, you know you don't along that you know speaking of of that and uh and and i know you and i had talked on the phone uh about uh bringing new blood and new folks right. to the the sport of turkey hunting uh which i think is amazing uh and and i think we talked on it we touched on it briefly last night and i think that it's a really uh an intimidating uh sport to get involved with uh if you're standing on the outside of it right uh and and i think that part of that is that the calling itself is tough i mean or it can be, right. and, and there is a learning curve, uh, and uh, and you can minimize that by going on YouTube or uh, hunting with people that, uh, but a lot of people don't have anybody to hunt with and don't have uh, people that they can that are competent callers that they can spend time with and right. learn how to run those calls. Uh, but you know, I tell everybody, uh, and I have given away a, you know calls before, and uh, and I say, hey, if it's a pot call, I'll say. You know, um, here's how I hold it, and it may, that may not be best for you, but this is what I do. My daughter does it exactly opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if you sit in front of the TV, uh, if your wife won't throw you out of the house, <laughs> um, and if you just sit there and just play with it uh, and get comfortable making a sound uh, that you think is a basic, is basically 
a decent sound and it doesn't have to sound good to anybody else uh, and it doesn't have to sound exactly like what you hear uh, a turkey on uh, line or, or, or out in the woods or whatever mm-hmm. but you get that baseline general idea and you don't have to be a competition level caller to call birds in and kill them that's right uh and and you know and i tell people this all the time i tell them you know uh when you hear those hens fly down in the morning and they get to carrying on uh i I tell myself all the time good night i sound way better than they do (laughs) oh yeah and i'm a marginal caller at best you know uh so uh you know i don't i think that people are intimidated by it when they shouldn't be yeah uh and uh and hopefully more people that uh, have some experience will reach out to those that don't. Uh, you know, I saw on the Alabama um, Turkey Hunters page the mm-hmm. other day, my friend T.R. Pate uh, runs that page, his page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he uh, made a post on there uh, the other day, and it said, hey, um, I want to know uh, the gist of it, and I'm paraphrasing because I've got the worst memory in the world, but he said, I want to know who hasn't turkey hunted before, and particularly kids, I want to know who they are, uh, and uh, youth weekend, let's see if we can find some people uh, to call for these kids. And I ran across that post again last night, and I didn't see that anybody had really responded to the post. And I think that's sad. It is. Uh, you know, when you have a guy like T.R. Pate, and he knows everybody, and, and he has the biggest heart in the entire world, uh, and he wants to to do everything for kids and people less fortunate and he gives away stuff all the time all season long uh but when he reaches out and asks people uh to get involved and to take a kid hunting and uh and i'm actually calling for some kids uh that go to my church uh that weekend uh i think we're going to their daddy's hunt club or or i would have myself uh, volunteered to do it but Mm -hmm. hopefully some people will step up and start taking you know getting new folks involved yeah that's that's what we need i mean um you know hunting hunting license sales have been down in the state so you know and and i I try to stress that everybody you know we got to do something you know if we don't you know we're we're gonna be a dying breed that's right it'll die out with us and my my kids and you know if i have grandkids well your kids you know they'll they'll be at the tail end of it and watch it die yeah um and the declining you know hunting and i know that it's a a polarizing uh, topic. I have my own thoughts on uh, on that and and baiting and stuff. I personally, and that may not be your point of view or the next person's, and and I'm not saying that mine is right and anybody else's is wrong. I would never. I th- I think that it's diverse set of opinions that make things better. Mm-hmm. Um, and my personal. Uh, feeling and we're blessed that we have a little bit of land that we can hunt on Mm -hmm. uh, our own private land Uh, but my personal view on uh, baiting and uh, the first year of it is it's bringing new money to uh, the state management resources they don't get any money the game wardens and stuff they get no money out of the general fund Mm -hmm. all of their uh, budget uh, stuff comes from license fees Mm -hmm. and you're right licensing is down across the board and they need better resources there are a lot of threats i think that uh, real or imagined that uh, that they need to start looking at and and uh, being serious about and they just don't have the resources so me personally i think that it was long past time 
that they legalized baiting and put a tax on it uh, because I think it generates a lot of money for management and for conservation uh, and that kind of thing. So me personally, it seemed to me, and again, this is just my uh, personal view on it, but it seemed like uh, the, if you can hunt over a food plot to me, uh, then that means that you probably have a tractor and you probably have resources, financial resources to, to, to you know, afford to be right. able to do that. I personally never did see the difference between hunting over a food plot and hunting over a feeder or a bag of corn. Uh, so for me, I think if it brings more money into the state and it makes people behave legally, uh, I support it personally. Yeah. So. And, and one of the weakest arguments I ever... I of course, we're not talking about turkeys. Right? Right, oh, right. yeah. That's right, yeah, dear. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, weakest arguments I ever heard, and this is one of the... It's, this is their go-to argument every time about the baiting uh, was uh, the people who are against it was, well, you know, it, it, it causes deer to concentrate in one area. Well, when I'm bow hunting, when I go scouting, I'm looking for an acorn tree that's dropping acorns. And guess what? When I find the acorn tree, it's got deer scat all around it and the ground's <laughs> tore up. That's where I'm going to hang my stand. Oh, yeah. So they're, you know why? Because they're concentrated in one area. That's right. So, I mean. Every food source out in the woods, if it's a persimmon tree, if it's exactly. a white oak tree or whatever it is, or blackberries, whatever that thing is that they're eating out in the woods, uh, it does the same the same thing. And it, it right. just, for me personally, and again, it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that this is just my thoughts, my personal opinion, is that it seemed to be skewed against the average blue-collar, hard-working guy that wants to come home and go out and kill a deer and feed that deer to his family. Exactly. I mean, not everybody has, you know, the luxury of of, of hunting every day or, or hunting or multiple times a week or just right. whatever. They have right. the luxury of hunting maybe one or two times in a weekend. That's right. And so, and they love it just like everybody's listening to this. They love to hunt just like you and I and Landon. We love to hunt, and if you go and see it and you know you're not going to see a deer, you know what? I'm not going to buy a license. I'm going to sit at home, and then guess what? That's it's right. dying. That's right. So, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If it's legal, I'm all for it. And, and then one thing I always talk to Landon about, you know, he, he's, you know, just a little shy, younger than me, but was who made that law up anyway? Yeah. Was it was it some – was it some lawyer that we elected in the, to be in Montgomery to represent us? In the that, 70s that, or 80s? That, or that all he ever yeah. done was play golf? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. And can't afford to hunt over a greenfield that he manicured with his tractor. If, his, he, if he was a deer yeah, hunter. Yeah. He may not have even been Agreed. a deer hunter. And, and so and he just said, you know what? I heard that we're against this, so let's pass a law against it. Yeah. So, you and, know. And I think that the law, uh, and I mean this respectfully and, and – uh, but I think it was a vague law. I think it was vaguely written, uh, and it was open to a certain amount of uh, interpretation from, you know, different game wardens and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that they've moved on to something else. That's right. That's right. Well, um, how long have you been a turkey hunter? Uh, I probably killed my first turkey 25 or 30 years ago mm-hmm. uh, having said that um, I've only become fanatical about it 
in probably the last seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really for me anymore, uh, it feels like um, uh, deer season is really just a means or a vehicle to keep my sanity until turkey season. <laughs> uh, and, and I love – and I get fired. And I can't sleep the night before bow season opens. Yeah. I only yeah. use a bow, but uh, I can't sleep and and uh, the night before, and I get so excited about uh, deer season opening. Uh, and I do love deer hunting, of course. Uh, but for me, uh, the, uh, the opening of turkey season – is a whole lot more like I'm right now. I can't hardly stand it. I didn't, I I didn't even finish hunting the rut, uh, because my mind is just, you know, tunnel vision focused on turkeys. Right. So, you know, we, two, two, three weeks before the end of season, I was just like, well, I'm done, (laughs) you know, four months of it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go move on to turkeys. That's right. Do you just hunt here in the state or do you get to travel and hunt? Uh, for deer, just, Honestly, just on private land uh, behind my house, uh, and maybe one or two uh, other other places. Uh, for turkeys, uh, I usually, uh, of course, I hunt Alabama, um, and I try to go to South Carolina every year. Uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, I grew up in South Carolina, but a good buddy of mine that I grew up with, uh, he is in the timber industry, and mm-hmm. him and his dad—that's what him and his daddy do. Uh, but they have 2,500 acres, uh, and they're partnered on. Uh, the adjacent 2,500 acres uh, with somebody else, and then they have access to an additional 3,000 acres wow. beside them. And we'll go, uh, try to go every year, uh, and they open the whole thing up. And they say, wow. have at it, make yourselves at home. And uh, their uh, their land is, is so big that the game warden is the caretaker of their land. Wow. So I kid you not. Uh, they've got he's got his own house there that uh you know and but they've got and what's what's the turkey population there i mean we all know you know it's great here in alabama you know the hunting here is i i, I wouldn't know uh y'all see a lot of birds what we do see a lot of birds and a lot of sign uh when we go it's a different type of totally different type of i almost feel like it's an alien environment for me because it's Really flat ground. I mean, gently rolling, but mostly flat ground, a lot of sand, uh, and it's just because they're in the timber industry, it's open hardwoods. Mm-hmm. Everything that they've got is on a, I think they said a three-year burn cycle. So everything gets burned, uh, and so you you sit down, and wherever whatever tree you pick, that's where you're going to be. You know, uh, they've got a lot of fire breaks, so you can belly crawl to the next tree if you want to. Mm-hmm. But if you get to moving around a, a little bit, you're going to get busted. I can see. Uh, it is. And, and for me, I feel so out of my – I'm used to hunting these steep ridges and deep draws mm-hmm. uh, here in Alabama uh, and with thick leaf litter and that kind of thing uh, that uh, I really feel out of my element when I go – uh, to South Carolina and hunt this uh, this stuff, and I enjoy it, and it is extremely challenging. Uh, but for me, because I'm used to hunting here, uh, and I would agree with y'all that, uh, and it seems to be the general consensus that some of the toughest uh, uh, turkey hunting in the country is here in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I go to South Carolina, I'm just like a deer in the headlights. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you know. And uh, so uh, I've got a, I've actually got a, a real funny story about. Uh, uh, and I didn't tell you last night, but, yeah. uh, but I've got a great story about hunting there. May have been the last time I went to South Carolina. It may have been the time before that. I can't remember because i got the wor- world's worst memory. Uh, 
Tony Reynolds was there with me, uh, and we, uh, the night before, um, he had been sitting somewhere, called a bird in behind him, mm-hmm. um, and you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you turn around, and he runs off, and, yeah. you know, and that's it. And, uh, but that had happened on the night before, and we were having some sport about it uh, when we were talking about it the night before. Well, the, the following morning, um, and, you know, I kept saying, don't turn around when he's telling the story, you yeah. know. Oh, and I know he's right behind me. I'm like, don't turn around, don't turn around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over uh, supper that night. And uh, sure enough, the next morning, uh, walk directly. I-, I thought I had this thing figured out. I walk in. Uh, there's a, I knew where this uh, bird was and walked directly under his tree. And I sit down on the edge of this uh, green field. And I'm thinking, it is a done deal. <laughs> it is done. And I'm going to make some calls. He's going to fly down right from the shotgun, and that's going to be it. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, he gobbled once or twice maybe off the roost uh, is my recollection. And, uh, and I never did see him. Uh, but I was doing some calling, and I knew that there were birds around. Uh, and next thing you know, they're right behind me. Oh. And I mean directly behind me. And I'm thinking, and I can't stand it. And the whole time I'm remembering this story from last night. Don't turn around, right? Yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and uh, and I can't, and I feel like every hair on my body is standing straight up. How much more can I take of it? I don't know. Uh, and finally, I can't handle it anymore. Uh, I turn around, and uh, sure enough, there is a humongous long beard, mm. and a Jake. With not the little bitty uh, beard on it, but a, uh, you know, probably year and a half old bird, maybe. Right. Uh, and um, uh, anyway, uh, you know, the Jake is on the left and the long beard's on the right. And they turn around, they start running, running off. They come together and across and I, and I pick up the wrong bird. So I shoot the Jake. Mm. The long beard jumps up. I miss him. Uh, and then the, the Jake is, you know, doing that death flop that, yeah. or I think he's doing the death flop, you know, on the, on the ground. So that's two shots. And then the Jake jumps up and starts running Uh-oh. and I shoot at him, miss him again. So that shows the type of, you know, shooter caliber shooter than I am. <laughs> uh, he's, he's hit hard though. Uh, and he's got a bad limp and everything. So I get up and I've got pins and screws all in my knee and I've got a titanium oh, rod from my knee to my hip. So I can't get around that good myself, and I certainly can't run. So I'm hobbling, he's hobbling, <laughs> and I let up after him uh, through the, and I say through the woods, but it's really just waist-tall uh, ferns, really, is right. what we're uh, running through. And I finally get close enough, I kid you not, I threw my shotgun at him and hit him in the back, knocked him down, and was able to get on his neck. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that is can't shoot him with it, hit him with it. <laughs> that is a true story. You know, <laughs> so that, that's hilarious, because I've always wondered, in like action movies, you know, the, the guy be sitting there shooting him, when he runs out of bullets, he always throws a gun. <laughs> Now I know why. Somebody else. <laughs> He's trying to knock him out. I, I, I told that story to somebody at Barks Outdoors a couple of years ago yeah. um, for their turkey day. Uh, and that guy came back the next year and said, I remember you. You're the one through that threw your shotgun at the turkey. So uh, if oh, you're going to be good. known for something, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I may be a terrible shot, with, but I'm a pretty good shot when I throw something. So. Oh, that's hilarious. So, uh, and that was in South Carolina? South Carolina. Oh, my South goodness. South Carolina. So that was – uh, I have to see if I can find the uh, the video. I made a 
a video of it, and it's a little bit long-winded <laughs> as I tend to be, but uh, but it was a funny. It's a funny story. Right. It's a funny story. How what many birds can you shoot in uh, South Carolina? Uh, my recollection uh, is three birds um, for out-of-state hunters. I may be wrong, uh, but that's that's my recollection on it. Is is it's three birds? Can you? Uh, is it is it like Alabama? You got to kill one a day, or can you kill multiple birds in one day? I think it's one a day. Okay. Uh, which maybe you can't kill more than one, but it's my understanding that it's that it's one a day. Right. Um, uh, that's a good question. I'll have to. I have to ask my buddies on that. Every state's got their different laws, yeah. you know. Yeah. Boy, I, uh, speaking of the one a day uh, rule, I had, um, and this has been f- probably uh, five, four or five years. Um, uh, I had a couple. I was running and gunning, and uh, and I was pulling camera cards as I'm walking through the woods. Uh, this is in Saint Clair County. And uh, and I got and I would go uh, I don't know hundred yards to one camera, I'd pull a pot call out and I've got the mouth call uh, and I'd do a couple clucks or whatever it was I was doing, and uh, it had been a pretty slow morning as my recollection, um, and uh, but I get to whatever the second or third uh, camera, and uh, and I do an excited cut on a pot call, and I hear these two. Uh, gobblers just right just start going nuts Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking holy smokes and they're on one side of this hill I'm on the other side of the hill and we start playing almost ring around the posy around this big hill and uh, so finally and there's a ground blind set up for my kids to get in on the other side of that hill and there's a little decoy that we keep inside the ground blind. it's just private land nobody ever goes back there Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went down, uh, jumped in that ground blind uh, after going back and forth. And they were literally following me around, the, but I couldn't find a good place that wasn't thick to set, to set up. Right. And uh, so I went down, jumped in that ground blind, uh, and I'm sitting there, put a, a hen decoy out, went and got in the ground blind. I'm sitting there, and, of course, I'm on the left side of the ground blind facing, you know, two sides, really the corner, and then you've got two sides that you could potentially shoot through uh, the ground blind. I've got all these uh, other windows kind of closed off. And, um, uh, and of course, I'm thinking they're going to come on the right side, uh, and they come right beside me on the left side of the ground blind. Too humongous for me. Uh, you know, when I say humongous, it's probably a lie. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> two, two good-sized longbeards come through. Um, uh, you know, uh, probably three-year-old birds come through, mm-hmm. um, decent, decent, decent longbeards. And uh, I ended up shooting uh, the one bird, knocked him down pretty good, uh, but I hit the second bird as well on accident. Right. Didn't mean to. Uh, jump out of the ground blind, uh, leave the gun in the ground blind. No, forgive me. That's a lie. Uh, got, the, got the gun, uh, run out. Uh, and I see that he's hit when I get closer to, and I get on the first bird's neck. The other one is kind of hobbling up the hill. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm like one a day when I can, for sure, I'm going to kill him right. one a day. So I don't pull the trigger. Then I'm like, he's coyotes are going to get him. Who, oh yeah. who knows what, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so, uh, so I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe I should just put him down instead of, you know, letting the, let the coyotes get to him. 
and uh, but of course he's out of sight, no way to get a you know to get a thing. Set my gun against this tree, and I'm still on the neck of of the bird that you know that I meant to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I picked him up, and I start walking, uh, and I get probably uh, I don't know 15, uh, 20 feet away, uh, and that uh, second bird had come down. And he's at the other end of, I'm in the bottom of this draw, and he's at the other end of that draw. And it looked like he was trying to jump up in a tree. and But he's hurt so bad, he couldn't fly. And so I get on that mouth call, and he's badly hurt. And he comes right down the draw to me and starts doing circles around that hen decoy when he got to it, trying to mount the hen decoy. And I'm in disbelief. I can't believe it, right? And then he runs up the hill. It's and. Wild. I didn't know what to do, you know. It's you're in gray area there, you know. Oh, do, yeah. You, yeah. do you kill him? The ethical hunter in you wants him to not, you know, yeah. suffer and die. And, and hey, mm-hmm. and I've got, uh, you know, and if you uh, if you make a mistake, uh, you know, you will be an example on, uh, you know, particularly social media. Well, yeah, and especially if you pro staff for different companies oh, yeah. or whatever, uh, they Which will you are. they will light you up. Uh, online and and I've seen it a bunch where people now a, a lot of the things that you see uh, are st- stupid selfish greedy uh, celebrity type stuff where they make uh, unethical decisions and they get caught for it mm-hmm. rightfully so mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand uh, there are guys who legitimately want to do the right thing to me um, I think you shoot the bird and you put him down, and you call the game warden, and you roll the dice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, but for me, uh, you know, I think also that there are people who are going to second guess you and make an example out of you, um, and the the companies that you represent uh, get upset, and uh, it can turn into a really you know really bad thing. So. Yeah. You know, I've I've never seen so many people turn on hunters as other hunters do. You know, we got we already have so many people who are against us anyway. You know, the people who don't hunt, and then for ha- to have other hunters turn on hunters, yeah, it's it's just it's a dog eat dog world for hunters. I mean, it, it's it's they're out for blood. It, it really is, and uh, and I think that uh, I, I made a post uh, the other the other night, and um, uh, and it, this is just like a couple of not even probably a week ago, maybe. Uh, but I made a post. I was uh, think it was just self-reflection, and I was thinking about myself. And 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 uh, and. But the post uh, that I made, as I said, uh, am I the only one that? And I'm not thinking about that. I've seen a picture that somebody uh, made, and I didn't agree with the picture. I was just thinking out loud, really, and writing it down. And maybe I should be more careful. Uh, but I made a post on Facebook, and I said, am I the only person uh, that uh, hates seeing these uh, turkeys with their mangled-up beaks or, in some cases, their heads are blowed off uh, and, and that kind of thing uh, in terms of hero shots on, online after, you know, people kill one? And then they, and I said, am I the only one that doesn't like uh, to see that stuff? And then I went on, and I said, you know, I feel like uh, I, I've seen that post. I've got so much respect for the turkey for the hunt and i believe that they are warriors i believe that uh that it is 
a it's a fair chase thing i think they're uh, a lot harder to kill than even a big giant booner buck um i, I think that uh and i respect them a lot and i hate seeing them tore up now if you are using some of these broadheads and uh that literally decapitate mm-hmm. uh a, a a turkey um i don't judge you for that i i don't that's your deal and you post your picks, and, and, and I have no problem with what you pick, I, which, with what you're going to post. I personally, it was a moment of self-reflection, and, uh, uh, and it was, and it was a, an, a non-judgmental thing. I was just thinking out loud, right. and, and I had a, 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 one of my teammates somewhere said, uh, well, that doesn't make sense to me. I, you know, I, I would uh, – you know, I think, you know, the bloody or the whatever, I can't remember the yeah. comment. And then somebody else said, uh, and, and this is a, a heavy hitter, industry guy, um, say, uh, you know, you should take up a different sport. Uh, you, you should not be a hunter. And, uh, and because he felt like I was judging, judging other people, um, and that's uh, and and I think that that is unfortunate because we don't most hunters are usually type A type people, uh, and what works for me isn't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And my personal views are not going to be uh, often shared by anybody else. You know, they uh, you may disagree with me, but it should be respectful uh, discussion, and we shouldn't. Uh, and my feelings on the mangled up. Uh, uh, turkey heads is somebody at some point is going to get a hold of it and use that as ammunition against hunters. Uh, the antis will get a hold of it and it will be propaganda f- uh, to be used against us. And I mean that, and that's part of it. Uh, but but I don't judge you for whatever you want to post or however you want to celebrate your kill. That's your personal. Yeah. Uh, well, that's just like that's just like um, I like tea. Yeah. You know, my wife cannot stand tea. Yeah. You know, even though, I mean, she's born and bred here in Alabama. And, sure. I mean, she's, you ask him, she's country as a turnip grain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she cannot stand tea. But, you know, and, 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 and me, I don't, I don't care what you hunt with. Yeah. I mean, if they let you hunt with a dang tank, you know, shooting number fives out of it, I, I go ahead. That's right. But I don't, I'm not. I, you know, I don't, of course, I don't hunt turkeys with bow. I will. Yeah. But the guillotine, yeah. you know, that takes their head off. Yeah. I always yeah. like mine to be there, you know. Yeah. That's like, I ain't, I ain't getting into that, but, I, but that's just me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If that guy wants to do it, man, all right. And there, I'll there's nothing wrong I'll with give it. you a thumbs up. Yeah. It's but, legal. There's nothing but me, wrong with, yeah. I don't, I mean, it's like my wife. She yeah. don't like sweet tea. Yeah. There's one thing that really grabs me, and that's like when you shoot an animal, and it doesn't die, and it runs off, and you never find it. That grabs me more than anything. I want yeah. an ethical kill. Yeah. When I shoot, whatever I'm shooting, when I shoot it, I want it to be dead. You That's know, right. I don't, I don't want it to suffer at all. I just want That's it gone. Right. Well, everything I shoot, I kill it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> me too. Okay. <laughs> that never happened to me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't lie. I don't hey. lie. I lie all the time. <laughs> I got video that that's not true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I lie all the time. I'll be the first to admit. I made a post on one of – on the uh, one of the team pages that I'm on, the pro staff pages that I'm on today, uh, and I told I, I said, hey, I just want everybody to know, uh, turkey season's coming up, 
and my stories, there is going to be a shred of truth to all of my stories, and you will see the pictures. Uh, but having said that, uh, there could be some embellishment too. I oh, guarantee. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the um, uh, the idea uh, that um, we are all perfect hunters and that we don't lose game and that kind of thing. Uh, I lost a, a buck this year, and and I'm real select. Now I shoot does. Oh yeah. Um, I'm real selective about the bucks that I kill. Uh, and I don't kill many uh, uh, bucks because of that. Uh, but uh, I had a deer come in uh, during the rut. I rattled him in. Uh, this is just a few weeks ago. Well, you know, yeah. uh, uh, probably towards the end of um, uh, January. And uh, and he had a busted leg. And that leg, and I had pictures of him the night before. He was so skinny. Uh, and he was that leg was way kicked way out to the side. And he's trying to, and it was stiff, I guess. Um, somebody, the story is that somebody, uh, had, that doesn't even hunt, had shot that deer with a pistol in the leg. And that's the story I heard. And I heard this after, uh, the story I'm going to tell you. Uh, but anyway, he came in, uh, and he was in bad, bad shape. Uh, hey, now I, I only bow hunt and I like to, if it's 40 or less is where I, and I practice out to 80. Right. That's so where you uh, feel comfortable. But I, I try not to shoot anything outside of 40. Uh, and I have, I've taken them at 50, you know, 53 probably, I think is the longest. Uh, but uh, really, it, it would have to be an extraordinary set of circumstances for me to take a shot outside of 40. Uh, and, and, and honestly, uh, this deer, he wasn't a, a huge deer by any uh uh, stretch of the uh, imagination i'll see if i can find a picture for y'all later um but anyway he came into he was out past 50 uh and he wasn't going to come any closer uh, i made a shot it was a bad shot um and and before i shot uh, i even prayed on it and i said oh lord i said i just um he's suffering he deserves better from me than what he's going to get from the coyotes and we're loaded with coyotes and uh and i said lord if you just keep this shot true for me and uh and it was a bad shot the shot went through uh, the deer's neck um and i went home uh, i thought it was a probably a good shot at the time um it's a tough shot right. uh, out past 50 and and some thick stuff and uh, there was one little window that i shot through uh, and i may have hit something which is i, I believe what happened uh, you know before the air got to him well I went home, ran some errands, uh, may have taken a nap, I don't know, but uh, went back later on, uh, picked up, and I've got a great Sherman Shepherd that you talk about, uh, I mean, he's just amazing about mm. finding deer, uh, and uh, took my dog with me, uh, we followed that deer uh, all the way over the ridge, which is a huge ridge, uh, uh, over the, we followed them all that day till dark, uh, and then we backed out at dark, um uh and then we went back the next day and it got real cold that night so i thought oh he's he'll lay down and die and that's, right. it. that's it right and uh so we actually came in from the you know a couple miles away uh the next day and we got on i dropped a pin on the mm -hmm. on my you know the hunt stand or whatever the right. onyx app and uh but we uh picked up the trail the next day found him uh, alive in a bed right before dark that second night after trapping him tracking him all day um couldn't get a shot 
uh, at him as luck would have it. And then he's on camera that night. He's on camera the next night. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't ever see him again. And uh, it took, and I told y'all I quit hunting before the end of the mm -hmm. rut. And it really, it sort of took uh, the wind out of my sails because uh, you hate to, like he said, you hate to lose one uh, and to lose it like that when you're really taking a shot that you don't want to take right. and you're trying to do, uh, ma make an ethical decision and uh, end the suffering and not create more suffering. Uh, I really struggled with that quite a bit. Oh yeah. But that's deer hunting. That is. You know that's that that's the reality of if you shoot enough deer or if you're in the woods enough, those things are going to happen. That's right. Um, that's right. Where's your uh, this year? Where are you going to start out at? In, in Alabama? Or are you or are you traveling? Yeah, I've got. Uh, we're very blessed. Uh, uh, my wife and I buy and sell foreclosures, and we found this farm. It wasn't a foreclosure. It should have been probably, but uh, based on the condition of the house. But we bought this <laughs> farmhouse a few years ago, and uh, uh, and we are blessed that uh, we do have a lot of turkeys. Uh, I killed four out of five last year without even getting in my truck. Um, so that was great. Missed the fifth three times inside of – 25 yards probably it happens. So. <laughs> it happens. good <laughs> night you talk about agonizing over something yeah. uh but uh so we're blessed to have a lot to, we're going to start off uh at home we've got some uh managers i'm on uh one of the teams i'm on is uh scent blocker mm -hmm. um and uh and which is owned by nexus outdoors who is basically the parent company uh of Scentlock and Scentblocker and some other uh, Scentlock by Oz and some other brands, right. and uh, so a couple of managers from uh, Scentlock are going to come down uh, and do some filming opening weekend at, at my farm, uh, and then uh, the next weekend a teammate uh, from Mossy Oak is going to come down from Tennessee, uh, and so I'll guide him uh, again at the farm, uh, and then I'll get after him really really hard um there's a little boy that um is a troubled uh teen i say teen he's uh thumper how old is uh gabe 13 years old uh and he has had been in trouble to school uh, uh got kicked out of uh, school last year mm -hmm. um and i took him turkey hunting a couple of times daddy's not around um and his, mo his mom has her hands full. Uh, and uh, so I'll be really working hard to get him a bird um, because I feel like uh, hunting for him. This kid is the smartest kid you've ever seen. And he's the most popular kid at their school. And he was the captain of the football team and the quarterback this two years ago. And, uh, so you know, just a really smart, uh, you know, Little Eddie Haskellish, if you remember, I'm yeah. probably showing my age here from Leave It to Beaver, the kid that, uh, you know, and uh, but the he talk his way in and out of everything. Talk his way in and out of everything. That's right. Uh, but uh, he's one of these kids that is on the fence, and if he doesn't get a positive role model in his life, um, he's going to be one of these guys that is going. Uh, who knows? I don't right. want to. I shouldn't uh, right, right, speculate. Right. But uh, He's got a lot of potential. Going to try really hard to get him a bird. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be my focus. Uh, you know, him and and Thumper if she wants to. Right. Uh, as she wants to to get one. So uh, it, and then I'll go to Indiana uh, at the 
um, probably at the very end of our season, there is a thing uh, for Nexus Outdoors. Uh, so all the scent blocker and scent lock guys will be in the, uh, most of the managers will be there. Uh, we're doing a three-day hunt with triple O outfitters uh, in India, Madison, Indiana. Uh, and I'm real excited about that. You can only take one bird in the state of Alabama, I believe is my understanding of it. Uh, but I'm Indiana. Was that? Indiana. You said Alabama. D- did I say Alabama? Yeah. Madison, Indiana. Forgive me. I apologize. Yeah, I'm glad you boys. You just follow me around for the next two weeks. Keep (laughs) me straight all the time. Uh, So, uh, Will, uh, I'll go to Indiana. Uh, I'd like to go to South Carolina between now and then, uh, if I can, uh, if I can make it all happen. Right. Uh, And we've got coverage here with the kids and stuff. So, uh, probably Indiana, Alabama, Indiana, and hopefully South Carolina too. Wow, that's good. That's really good. when when you uh when you go turkey hunt, what are you shooting out of your shotgun? What I mean, what kind of shot? This this is for people who, you know, like we were talking earlier. You know, if someone's not familiar with turkey yeah. hunting. You know, you're talking yeah. about getting overwhelmed. Yeah. All right. You know, give give some advice on what works for you. Uh, I, I will. I'm happy to do that. Uh, and and again, uh, I would qualify anything I say. Really, anything I say ever as uh, marginal advice at best. Uh, but uh. I would uh, – I have gone to the TSS, okay. which the TSS uh, is uh, tungsten super shot, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's a heavier uh, load uh, than what we have traditionally used. Uh, and the patterns and uh, it really it, – it, with the TSS, the pattern of the BBs seems to be you can really keep it focused together in a tighter pattern even out to, you know, uh, I think that traditionally me as a turkey hunter, I try to kill them, you know, 25, 30 yards, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally growing up. and uh, But now with this TSS, good night. I mean, there are stories, and I don't hunt like this, uh, and I don't recommend that people hunt like this, but there are stories of guys killing birds at 60, 70-plus yards with right. this TSS. So it is a game changer, uh, the TSS is. So I'm using – uh, uh, Apex shells this year, uh, in my mind, uh, they make some of the best uh, shells, and I'm going to use Apex number nines, uh, and uh, and I'm shooting through a some toy choke. Uh, uh, William Lambert is the guy that owns uh, some toy chokes in Georgia, uh, and he does a really good job with that stuff. What number of choke are you shooting? Now this uh, is a 12 gauge. No, forgive me. I apologize. It's a 20 gauge. Okay. Uh, I've uh, I'm going down to a 20 gauge this year, uh, and I'll be shooting out of a .562 choke. Uh, and I have agonized over, you know, which choke and which. And uh, uh, but uh, a lot of people who and I've got a new gun for this year. What are you shooting? Uh, it's a Franke Affinity Three, mm-hmm. uh, and which it's a real uh, basically a lightweight Benelli is what it is, right. a Franke, but. The uh, uh, and it's not a deal breaker in terms of cost. Gun, I think it's probably a seven hundred and fifty dollar gun. Uh, but some of the the patterns that I have seen from these guns are as good as anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And we have guys that are showing patterns at forty yards with you know three hundred and eighty five uh, uh, pellets. 
inside of a 20 inch circle mm -hmm. and uh, you know over 200 sometimes uh, pellets inside a 10 inch circle at 40 yards so that is a game changer oh, and yeah. turkey hunting particularly when the natural instincts for a gobbler now they will come you can call them uh, uh, for 500 yards they may come in but the natural the way things naturally happen in the wild is the turkey the gobble the long beards will gobble their heads off or not and come from a very long distance and they will stop at 40. they will stop at 50 yards and they will start strutting and putting on their show seen it too many times and it is me too <laughs> and it is the bane of turkey hunters everywhere yeah. is they're hung up You'll hear that word so much when people talk about turkey hunting. They're hung up, and what do I do? And I myself call guys that I respect a whole lot better. You know, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe Ham uh, that owned uh, Hunter's Addiction uh, Game Calls. I'll call him or somebody. I'll say, hey, he's hung up. You know, what should I? Here's the layout, and, you know, and to, to get advice and, and that kind of thing. But that is uh, what they are. So when we are calling birds in we're trying to get them convinced that convince them to do something that goes against their genetic makeup yep we're trying to tell them don't stop at 40 or 50 but come on in to 10 or 20 or 25 so i can so i can shoot you and it's hard to do that uh and that's why it's such an addictive when they're out there strutting at 50 60 yards and you can't get out there to them uh and uh, so I have switched to TSS, and I believe it is a game changer. Having said that, uh, I think that there is uh, a real danger of, and now you see guys are going down to four tens even I with TSS. Yeah. And and hey, uh, I would be be willing to bet that that uh, uh, 301, uh, what is it, a, a Stevens three or Savage 301, uh, 410 that everybody's buying right, right now is probably one of the top selling. Uh, turkey uh, hunting shotguns that there is right now. They can't hardly keep them on the shelves. And uh, But what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid that people will start to rely on the TSS and move away from the hunt Good. craft, yeah, the craft, you know, yeah, and the, ethical uh, right. hunting. Because right. just because you can shoot a bird at 60 yards, in my mind, and I'm not judging anybody who, if they take those shots or not but uh for me just because you can do something and you might get you know be able to pull it off it doesn't mean that you should do it uh, i believe that you go on and even though you can reach out that far you go on and call them into 25 or or, or closer right. well, they, i mean the whole goal for me is to get them as close as i can you yeah. Know? yeah yeah and 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 another thing in in fields oh yeah that old that old stubborn field bird He's going to get killed this year. <laughs> you know, some the guy that's using this, you yeah. know, he's going to kill right. that bird this year. That's right. But if that bird is in the forest, you know, it's yeah. no difference. Because like you said, you got leaf litter and everything else in the way. Yeah. And it's 60 yards. Yeah. There's going to be a tree. Not be able to, yeah, there's yeah. going to be a tree. You yeah. might not get that shot. So yeah. it might not be worth it. Agreed. You know, because you're still going to have to get him 10 or 20 more yards closer. Agreed. So. You know, it, it, it's got its ups and downs. It's got its advantages. But still, the advantage is the distance. You know, uh, you know what I think uh, is challenging uh, for uh, new hunters, and I don't care if it's deer, if it's turkey, or whatever it is. Uh, I think it's tough to humble yourself uh, as a hunter 
uh, and say, hey, uh, I don't know how to do this, and you do, uh, and you uh, have been hunting longer or you do this more than I do, can you show me how to do that? Uh, and uh, Or can you teach me how to run that call? Or, you know, uh, what do you do in this situation when they're hung up at 40 and you've done, uh, you know, what do you, and, uh, or, you know, and there's all kinds of tricks and stuff that, that unless you have a ton of experience, you won't know that stuff. And it's, and the learning curve at turkey hunting is tremendous. So I, I wish that more people were more comfortable humbling their sel- themselves and saying, uh, hey, um, how, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. What choke do you use? Right. Why do you use that choke? How about, why did you go from a 12 to a 20 uh, gauge shotgun? Uh, and, you know, do you like a mouth call? Why do you run that mouth call instead of a pot call? How do you run that mouth call? You know, and, uh, and could you spend a few, could you spend a few minutes with me teaching me the things that you may know and I do not know? And, you know, the biggest compliment uh, that anyone ever said about me, uh, and, 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 and I don't say this in a braggadocious, uh, way, um, that is not my nature, uh, but, uh, the guy I told you that owns that, uh, plantation in, in, uh, South Carolina, uh, he told my old call sponsor, uh, one night we were having, uh, supper, and there are a bunch of guys standing around, and, uh, he said, uh, they're talking about turkey hunters versus uh, turkey killers, and uh, and and I think there's a big difference. I consider myself a a turkey hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are guys like Joe Ham, uh, Eddie Salter, uh, you know, uh, Lyle Gilbert. Uh, there are a lot of guys, uh, and and uh, tons of guys, guys that you've never heard of, that are bona fide turkey killers. Uh, and so we were having this discussion one night, uh, and my friend Walker said. Uh, well, Chris, he ain't neither. He ain't a turkey hunter, and he ain't a turkey killer. He is a student of turkey hunting, mm-hmm. and and it makes it makes my hair stand up right now uh, to remember and recall that conversation because the people who were in that room, I have tremendous respect for, right. and the people who were in that room know way more about turkey hunting they've forgotten way more about turkey hunting than i'm ever going to know but to have somebody say chris is a student of turkey hunting uh is the biggest compliment that i believe i probably ever received uh because i'm not afraid to ask anybody how do you do this uh how you know uh what should i do in this situation uh, because again, like when I first sat down or when I first talked to you on the phone mm-hmm. about doing this, uh, I, I can, you know, I'm a marginal, uh, I'm just an average guy, you know, and, uh, and I won't ever get to where I want to be if I can't ask people why. Right. So I, I think if you don't know, you know, f- humble yourself and, and, and ask somebody. Right. That's right. If you, you want to get better, you have to have the will to learn. What um, I heard a uh, quote the other day. My son told me he said that uh, it said a man's education doesn't stop until the grave. That's right. And you know who said that? Robert E. Lee. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and I I think that's a great quote. You know. I, I quote. agree. So you know and and you know it, it's an ignorant person who refuses to learn. That's right. So, and I tell you what, 
I, I tell you what, when I when we were up there in Tennessee at the NWTF convention, I told my wife, she was with us, she goes, I've never seen nothing like this. This is the first time she's ever been there. She goes, I've never seen nothing like this. I said, this makes the deer show in Birmingham look like trade day. Yeah. It does. You know, it Agreed. Does. And I said, I said, and I'm so glad, so glad that I'm a turkey hunter because turkey hunters are a special breed of people. No doubt. Oh, I mean, it's just, it feels so good just to be around turkey hunters. I'm a deer hunter. I mean, I, I love deer hunting. I'm, don't get me wrong. We sure. talked about this last night. Agree. I, I love deer hunting, and but there's something about the turkey hunting that I'm glad that I can associate myself with other turkey hunters. You know, uh, I... I agree a hundred percent on that, and I feel like um, uh, I really feel like no matter you know I go to a lot of trade shows and industry shows and stuff and these different events and uh, and things and and you get to rub shoulders uh, with uh, people who uh, are you know celebrities sometimes and uh, or that own different companies, outdoor companies and and that kind of thing, and uh, you know. Uh, I don't care whether it's, you know, Toxie Hayes from, from Mossy. You know, when I met Toxie Hayes, I went to the Mississippi State Turkey Calling Championships uh, in uh, West Point, Mississippi. This is probably, uh, Thumper would know, but uh, probably two or three years, probably three years ago, maybe at this point. And, um, and I was there with my call sponsor, and uh, he was walking around in uh, a T-shirt. And uh, my recollection is he had flip-flops on but that may not be true mm-hmm. uh and and jeans and everything and i wasn't sure who he was uh he walked over to me uh and started picking up different calls on the table and uh, uh the guy the guy who made the calls tony he was judging one of the probably the pulse division or who knows what but he had w- just walked away so he walks up and he starts picking up calls and he's running them and he's doing and we just given his daddy fox a call mm-hmm. uh, like an hour before uh, and um, and uh, I enjoyed meeting uh, Fox and everything. Uh, but anyway, Toxie's running these different calls that are on the table, and uh, and he says, boy, he said, Tony's so gifted, and he's just a- amazing with these calls and what he does with them and, and everything. And uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, uh, he just has a gift, that, uh, and he does so much for kids, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, and we – just making small talk and everything and he said well you know what i think i'm gonna take this one this one uh and this one and uh and i told him how much it whatever the price was that it was going to be uh and i said you know what i really appreciate you buying these costs from us it means a lot to me and it means a lot to tony i know uh and i stuck my hand out and i said my name's chris weston he said my name's toxie hayes and then it hit me (laughs) who he was Mm -hmm. and i was starstruck and 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 i said i said he said i've been waiting all day for Tony to walk away from this table so I could give you all some money because he won't take my money. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, I'm not going to take your money either. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, yes, you are. He said, he's given me and my daddy so many calls over the years that we could fill up that display case all the way around there. And, uh, but, and he is, Toxie is a turkey hunter. Oh, yeah. He created Mossy Oak uh, as a way to get closer to turkeys. That is, that's what he comes from. He comes from turkey hunting. And that is, to me, really embodies just about every turkey hunter that you're going to, that identifies yeah. himself as a turkey hunter, uh, that that type of uh, humility and that type of approachability. I was at the um, 
NWTF just a couple weeks ago. Y'all mm-hmm. were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've got a little boy. He's in my, uh, my Wednesday night kids church class. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, his name is uh, Braxton Sewell. And he is the biggest Coach Strickland fan <laughs> that you're ever going to come across. Right. And uh, so uh, uh, he's like, and he always asks me, hey, are you going to get to hunt with Cuz? And I'm like, no, I'm not, because <laughs> I'm just a line-level pro staffer, and he is, you know, yeah. uh, one of the big shots. And uh, and But he's always talking about Cuz Strickland. So I go to uh, NWTF, uh, and uh, he was uh, – and I was talking to one of the regional managers, and Cuz was talking with us and everything. And I said, hey, uh, I said, before I forget, I've got this little boy – who thanks the world of you, Cuz, and uh, would if you would be so kind if I could get you to sign something? Uh, and I'm fumbling, and I'm look because I'm un- not prepared for this. And I said I don't have anything on me right now. And he says, "Hold on," and he stopped everything. He reaches uh, over and grabs one of those mossy oak gamekeepers hats, brand new with the tags on it, and he signs that hat. And I thanked him for it, uh, and he was really. Uh, humble and you know and and you wouldn't know who he was if he if you didn't know who he was right. and because he's not that tight he's so humble uh and after he walked away my regional uh manager uh, or forgive me uh, one of the regional managers a guy named mm-hmm. dj randolph who's one of the western managers uh, uh he said you know uh i've been coming here for however many years a lot of them uh and he said i have seen uh like we're just standing around he said there will be celebrities uh, sitting there talking to Cuz, uh, and a little kid will walk up and ask for an autograph. He stops everything he's doing, and he signs that autograph for that little kid. And he said he doesn't care, Cuz doesn't care, how many kids are in line or what he's got to go do or if he's late for something. He signs everything, mm-hmm. and he greets everybody, and he makes time, and he stops everything. The world stops so that he can greet these children. And uh, and give them the love that uh, that they, and the attention that they're seeking, and uh, but that is to me uh, a typical turkey hunter. Oh yeah, they are uh, to as a general rule really humble, really honest, salt of the earth type of of people. Uh, and going back to what we said earlier, you know, ask if you don't understand instead That's of right. you know ask somebody because nobody's too important. For you, you know, uh, too important for you. I mean, we are all the same, That's and we are all love to do the same thing. So, uh. and, and I think I think any hunter, whether it's deer, turkey, rabbit, or whatever, would love to take somebody hunting. You oh, know, yeah. especially someone that doesn't because never been before. Exactly. If, if all right, I, I'm not the best hunter in the world. I know how to hunt. I'm not the best. That's I don't right. claim to be. I know how to do it. I was taught by, I think were the two best men in my life that knew how to hunt. Sure. But they'll tell you the same thing. They don't know. You know, they, yeah. they're not the best. But in my eyes, they were. My granddad and my dad. Sure. But when when I see someone, and I, I, I've had friends that I went to school with and, and guys I've worked with, and I've taken them hunting, deer hunting before, and they've killed their first deer, and I've put blood on their face and, and things like that. It's just, and to this day, they still do it. That's right. And, I, I you know, I think every hunter, you know, there's a little something in this like oh, I need to kill that first turkey, you know. But once that happens, or the or deer, once that happens, hey, you want to go? I'll take you. 
That's right. You know, that's and, right. and that's I, important. I get just as excited filming hunts for people mm-hmm. and calling birds in for people yep. as I do actually killing my bird myself. Oh, yeah. You know? We really filmed one here at our house. We, we, we're blessed with a lot of land here, too. Mm-hmm. So we were here last year. And uh, actually, the day before, we was on another place we have to hunt. And, I, you know, I killed a bird. And I told Landon, I said, tomorrow we'll hunt at the house. Yeah. You know. And uh, so we got up here. We called. And we had a bird a while ago. We were talking about hanging up. He mm-hmm. hung up. And he would not come. So he was going to cross the road. And he was going to be gone. Yeah. Well, just, just so happened, a truck comes by. And pushes him back into the field. Oh, nice. Pushes him back into the field. And by this time, Landon and I done crawled into the field, and there was a small berm, and we were under it, and the fence had, you know, made made a 90-degree angle right there. So we were sitting by it. But I was on the outside, you know, on the right side of Landon, and I had the camera. I'd had to off the tripod, and I was sitting there holding the camera, and the turkey was coming. I could see him coming through the fence line. Yeah, I could see that. Thicket right down the fence where you could just barely see it. Mm-hmm. You couldn't shoot through it, but you could see through yeah. it. You could see that red head coming up through there, you know. And finally, he just comes out, and I got the camera. I said, shoot him, shoot him. You know, Landon's laying right here on my left arm. Well, I can't I, see him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that turkey, he knows that we're there. Yeah. And that crazy thing sticks his head out, like, you know, to the left a little bit, and it gave him the shot. Boom, boom. Just nice. like that. And, uh, man, I tell you, I had more fun doing that. And it's – you know, and, and him going picking up that turkey and yelling. I mean, that was that was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, the year before that, we were back here, and I called one up for my son. And I called that, that turkey gobbled and gobbled and gobbled. He wasn't coming for anything. You know, he had his harem, and he was going to stay with him. So I had a hen set up, so I told my son, I said, well, I said, let me go out there and get the hen, you know, because we had things to do that day. So I started walking out, and I said, I better take my binoculars. So I look at the back of the field, and there he is strutting. <laughs> so I went back. I said, son, there he is. So, I, you know, I started calling, and in this video is on YouTube, and uh, here he come. He, he just started easing down through there, and he got out there about 30 yards, and I told him to get him, and he, he hammered him. Nice. You know, nice. that was his first turkey. I, you know? I love celebrating kills like that that – uh, maybe you've called for them or, you know, for somebody or you've uh, participated or filmed, like he said. Uh, and just being a part of it, I think, is just every bit as exciting. It is. As, to me, uh, you know, I, I rarely, if ever, um, base a successful turkey hunt on carrying something out of the woods because I'm bringing a lot. Oftentimes for me, it's. Uh, the back and forth with an angry hen. The next one. Uh, or it's, um, you know, who knows what. But for me, it's rarely do I judge this a, a hunt as uh, being successful based on killing something. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, uh, it's those moments when you're not killing anything that you learn something or you witness something that, that are spectacular. You see him coming yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. There he is. I was I was so excited because you know that's my son. This is gonna be his first turkey, hopefully. And I wasn't paying attention to the camera and the focus. And I I mean I was I was probably more nervous than he was. Well, look at those guys. Look at uh, Dave Owens. How those guys film Penhody Project. I mean yeah. they're not filmers by any means, but right. that's the most realistic hunting show I think I've probably ever seen. Right. You know, uh, and you rarely get to see the kill shot. Right. And you oh. look at look at his look at his barrel shaking. <laughs> 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 I mean, he had he had he had turkey fever, you know. I mean, he had it. 
He had. Hey, I still get it. I do. I'll probably too. hang it up when I don't. If they tear well, me up when man. I edited this right here, when I edited this thing out, uh, and then uh, he stuck behind that tree. Yeah, and, you see it. Yeah. Hung up. <laughs> yeah, he ain't never coming out. <laughs> so I mean, we were uh, th- they, these like thirty seconds is like two hours. Oh yeah. You're sitting there. Oh, I know it. Oh, it's so agonizing. I know it. And you know, I was sitting there. Hey, probably still can't even see him. I had to put a little bit of music in there so you couldn't hear me breathing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. I mean, I mean, I was. Hey, you want to get your blood pressure up? Go to the turkey woods. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, it might work with the ladies, but it doesn't work for the turkeys. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But he he gobbled on roost. He gobbled all morning, and then he just shut up. And I was like, "You oh. see that tree line right there? Yeah, that's a uh, there's a creek inside there." And it, he was on the other side, so oh, lucky he went way up, yeah. and he crossed that creek and come back down. Wow. I, I would have never believed it if I didn't see him shoot it. Oh, here it comes. It's going to be it right here. He was – he was. we looked at him. He's probably about a – There it is. Smoked him. Yeah. Awesome. Look, when we walk out, that hen stayed there. She, You know, she just she just stayed there. You know, I've – oh, look at this. Oh, this is so – it's had the first one on film. Yeah. That's amazing. Hey, and the crazy thing, see the hen running? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, uh, we got his first deer on film. You know what? I think all but one of his deer he's ever killed, he's killed. You know, we got them all on video, Boy, too. that is amazing to get that thing. And you've got that forever. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, and I don't care who it is. Uh, your first turkey, it'll change you. It will. You know, yeah. it, it really, uh, because and to me, I think that turkey hunting is one of the hardest things to do in hunting. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's so much harder than deer hunting. But I, I think it really, in a lot of ways, is sort of a coming of age when you start killing them yourself uh, and you get to the point where you killed that first turkey. Uh, I think it really means that you have arrived as a hunter. And, yeah. And, 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 and I think it's this is a really special occasion uh, i'm gonna tell you something that gets in your blood and you cannot get it out can't shake it you can't nope. that's right that's right. that's right can't shake it i've gotten to where uh anymore you know how people get that meh for deer and make yeah. them stop i've gotten to where um I'll, I'll do like a putt with a with a mouth call and get them to stick that head oh, up yeah. oh yeah uh, and try to you know make a better uh, make a better target to shoot at. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We, we do I the shot, same. I shot one in strut one time. I, I won't shoot another one. Yeah, in <laughs> you can. You don't know what you're hitting yeah, in there, yeah, right? Uh-oh. All them feathers everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I his mean, head's just. I mean, you're basically right. just shooting his head, and it's yeah. just a poof of feathers. And around. those things, when they're strutting, they're in such a trance. I mean, that's it's, right. I mean, it's like shooting a meth head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you can. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, and you know, you can even just say, "Hey, turkey," like that, and he'll just go boom, and that head will stick straight up. Yeah. You know, there's that meme. Everybody, you see it a lot this time of year with a turkey with his head sticking straight up uh and that the meme will be something to the effect of well your hunt's over or whatever yeah. you know yeah. uh, because that's the last thing you're going to see before he turns around and runs but it, if you're ready with the gun well, uh, that's uh, like last year was that what you're fixing to say which one go ahead go ahead with your oh you're talking about sticking their head up i called there was one morning I took one of my buddies. He's never killed a turkey before. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, he said, I got them all around my house. I said, okay, we'll go. Well, anyways, I sat, I sat up. I said, where are they been? He said, oh, they, he said, every afternoon they're up on that ridge, you know, gobbling like crazy. I said, well, okay, well, we set up down at the bottom of that ridge. Mm-hmm. And I call, and immediately they start gobbling. Well, they gobble all morning. They get on that ridge and strut, and they just come down straight to us. They wow. see the decoy, and they're just coming. Well, the, the land rolls off like mm. a hill, right, like that. Well, anyways, I'm sitting behind my buddy. And there's a pine tree here, 
and I got the camera, which I got my shotgun too, you know, just in case. Well, I got my shotgun and the camera. I'm running the camera, and he's pointed this way, and that turkey pops his head up. There's two oh. of them right there. You know, one pops his head up. He's, you can see, you know, that much of him. Yeah. And he's 10 steps. I say, swing over there and shoot him. Well, he, he eases the gun. You know, he, he doesn't know, like, hey, he's standing right there. Swing over there and get on him, you know. Well, he just eases the gun. Well, that turkey, of course, he's looking right at him then, you know. I said, crap. I said, shoot him. Shoot him. And that turkey, you know, he's just – that old – that waddle's just standing straight oh, up yeah. looking right at him. I said, oh, yeah. kill him, kill him, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing putts. It putts one time, and I know it's running. Yeah. And I, and I stand oh, up yeah. and look, and that joker's running, and he never stops. No. You know how they do. No. Yeah. But and I mean, it don't take long to them. They, no, they if, get to running. That's it. They, oh, yeah. If you go back yeah. and watch the video, I mean, you you don't have like sometimes you only have just a split second to shoot them. You know, make you. a decision and shoot. Which uh, an inexperienced hunter, he just didn't know. You know. Yeah. But now he does. I said, I, I said, look, from here on out, if I say shoot, it's time to shoot. <laughs> it. It's yeah. time to shoot. That's you may right. not get a second chance. <laughs> yeah. Lenny yeah. and I were back here last year hunting, and we got National Forest on the backside of us right here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a perfect setup. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. so we were back there. Well, the day before, I was I, I came home, and I seen the gobbler in the field, the neighbor's field over there strutting. And I was like, man. So I took off, and I got I was on the National Forest, and his property butts it, too. But, you know, he don't care if he, we yeah. come across. But anyway, I was sitting up there, and I was calling because I wanted him to come up in there where I was at because sure. he was right in the middle of the field, and I couldn't. There's no way you could crawl across that field. No, he's going to bust He's going to get yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I was calling, calling, and I was sitting there watching him, and he would not budge. Wow. You know, he was he was the boss. He was sitting there strutting, and he'd gobble occasionally. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he was wanting me to come to him. Oh, yeah. And so I was sitting there, and then I said, well, this, this ain't going to happen. So. Yeah. So I, I kicked out, you know, kicked my spot out, and I was fixing to get up, and I hear a gobble. I said, did he just gobble again? And so I'm sitting there looking at him with binoculars. He's about 300 yards away. So I, you know, scratched, scratched my spot out some more, and I hear another gobble, hmm. then a double gobble. Wow. And then this time I was like, I got to look, and so I pull up my binoculars, and there's two gobblers way over here. Wow. And so I just, I just started, I said, they think they're hens up here. Yeah. So I just started scratching the leaves, and boy, they started hammering. And then here they come. And uh, they come up through there, and that, that one bird, um, you remember last year when the tornado come through? Oh, yeah. All right, well, I, I was sitting not far from there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it come over the mountain from the university. So, anyway, I was sitting about right in there, and that old that, that one gobbler, he was coming right up to me. I said, I got him. I got yeah. him. And I had the camera set up. I was watching the camera, and I had the shotgun up. And I said, that son goes about 30 yards. I shoot, he flies straight up and goes away. I said, how in the what? world did I do? <laughs> yeah. I said, how did I do that? What? Well, I told Lane, I said, man, this stinking bird, you know, I was sitting there just frustrated. He, he, was said, <laughs> he said, let's go in the morning. I said, all right, let's go. So he comes over, he's got the camera, I got the gun, and uh, we get back there in the same spot, and I hoot out, and he's up on the mountain, you know, further up on the mountain. I said, we got him. I said, he's going to come down through here and go right back, right into that field. Oh, yeah. And so – we set up, and Landon's to my right, and I'm watching where he's going to come. I think, I th- I'm thinking he's going to come down right through here, and I'm going to shoot him right here. Yeah. And Because uh, the fence is over here. You know, I said, he's not going to come right here. And so I was sitting there, and I hoot out. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I tree yelp, and he gobbles. We sit there about five more minutes. I tree yelp, and he's muffled way over here. I was like, oh, what? no. I said, Uh-oh. Landon. And I was sitting there looking, and I seen it was right at daylight. I seen him coming. I said, Landon, I said, he's coming right there. You know, he's about as far from me to you. I said, I said, if he gets if he gets to right here, 
I can't shoot from here this way because yeah. I'm, you know, you're in the way. I said, but before here, I said I'm gonna shoot him. Just tell me if you got just just say yes or no. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and I'm hearing no, 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 no. You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm right here. You know, yeah. He's yeah. directly behind us. And then I get back over here. I said he's gonna get in. He's gonna cross the fence. Yeah. Well, and he landed. gets a shot on him. You get the shot on him, but I don't have him in the camera right. at that point. Right. I'm sitting there. I said, you got him. I mean, I see him. He says, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. And so well, that's, a, that's a, you know. Yeah. So, so, they so, don't follow the script, do they? No, they don't. So the bird crosses the fence, goes out into that pasture, and we sit there, and you can hear him gobbling. I said, daggone it. <laughs> so, and at this time, I hadn't called the home, I mean, the landowner, so I, I didn't know if he was hunting or what, you know, so I, I wasn't going to go out there after him. So we were standing there just looking, and I pulled up my binoculars and said, well, there he is right there, about 150 yards away. And he was sitting there strutting. He'd gobble. He'd strut and gobble. <sighs> and then all of a sudden, put, put, put. What? I was like, what in the world? What? And he turns, and he's running right at us. Hmm. I said, get down, get down. And we sit down. And he runs right up in our face. I mean, right up 10 yards. Bam! I get him. Smoke him. <laughs> I walk down there and pick him up. And I look out in the pasture, and there's a coyote coming across the pasture. Oh. A coyote ran him right Boy, there. Boy, the this. one time in your life. <laughs> that you wanted that coyote. Yeah, one time you want to see a coyote. <laughs> yep. You never wow. know what's going to happen when you're turkey hunting. No. Never. Anything can happen. Just like the truck, just like the coyote. That's right. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, speaking of, of coyotes, you know, I think that there is – a uh there is a knee-jerk uh oftentimes uh reaction from state biologists and game uh, wardens and 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 others that uh that declining turkey numbers um they want to shorten the season uh reduce bag limits uh and i'd like to touch on that for a second i personally you know i don't know and i know a lot of people i guess but uh, a lot of turkey hunters, but uh, I don't know a lot of guys, and there are guys that limit out every year, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. those bona fide killers, a few of them I mentioned earlier, uh, but uh, I don't know a whole lot of guys who I don't limit out every year. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot of guys that actually do limit out every year. I'm personally not convinced that, uh, I, and I personally, I really feel like uh, the state should look at nest robbers and and i mean mm -hmm. raccoons uh coyotes uh possums skunks where they you know where they where they are uh, where they're available and uh in terms of you know reducing the amount of predators uh is would go a whole lot farther in my mind than reducing bag limits or shortening uh the season uh, and that kind of thing. I really just, uh, I feel very strongly about that, that, and it's not just our state. Uh, I feel like most states in general uh, do not really put any uh, or certainly enough focus on the reduction or uh, providing incentives for people to get involved with trapping or uh, killing uh, predators and that kind of thing. And, you know, when guys tell me, and I hear a lot, particularly the deer guys are real good. Uh, when I hear guys that are talking about that they have this management thing, for example, me, uh, I would want it to be a four-year-old deer or older and uh, eight points or uh, more and outside the ears. That's for me. That's my criteria for shooting a buck uh, and may not be for the next guy. And I don't care if you shoot the first 
spike that comes by if it's legal or and how you that's your business and it doesn't uh, but for me personally uh it's, but i hear guys talking about that they have uh management practices that they use and whether that's nutrition or whether that's uh, uh size or or numbers of points or age or whatever those uh, decisions are that they make before that they uh, pull the trigger and they call that management I feel real strongly that if you aren't uh, controlling predators, that you aren't managing. That's right. Uh, and there have <clears> been <throat> a lot of really good studies by, uh, I believe, Auburn and I believe uh, uh, University of Georgia uh, about, for example, uh, fawn mortality um, uh, and and uh, uh, relating to uh, predators, specifically coyotes, uh, and it is amazing that where coyotes exist, for example, and we're just talking about coyotes, uh, that they say, and and if you, I'm always suspect when I start throwing numbers out because they're always wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they, I have the worst memory in the world. But the, uh, you know, it's like in the high 80 percentile mm -hmm. of fawns that where where coyotes exist that over 80 percent of fawn mortality is directly because of coyotes okay and i would go further and i would say that and i don't know because i uh you know i'm not a, a biologist a wildlife biologist uh but if you think about raccoons and possums and stuff getting in a nest and it just takes a few seconds they destroy the whole nest Gone. 12, 20 eggs, whatever, gone, right? So uh, I, I think that there isn't enough of a focus on what are you doing between deer and turkey season and after turkey season? What are you doing? Because most of the game wardens will give you a nighttime permit if you have the resources to afford a night scope or whatever, if you have the resources that you can uh, start trapping yourself. Trapping is fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's so rewarding. Every bit as rewarding as hunting is. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I think It's that really not that expensive to get into trapping. No, either. it isn't. You know I mean, you start out with yeah. five or six yeah. traps. Yeah. It doesn't cost that much. Half a dozen traps, and you get the dye, and you get the, you know, and, uh, and, the, uh, and the dip and everything, and the wax, and, and you're off to the races. You yep. get the little sifter box and uh, whatever and it's just common sense and there's a learning curve but it is a, an exciting thing to get involved with and it isn't particularly expensive but once you start trapping a bunch of coyotes you i don't think most of us based on looking at trail cameras most of us have any idea of how many coyotes there are and particularly raccoons there are mm -hmm. uh until you start trapping them or managing those populations yep. uh and uh, but once you do now, if you're trapping and if you're shooting uh, predators, you are you have a good management probably program. But until that happens, you know, don't ask yourself, "Hey, I'm I'm got the dicalcium phosphate for the the horns and the uh, and I'm doing this and we've got all these uh, food plots and that and we're uh, supplementing their nutritional uh, needs during the off season. And you're doing all this stuff, but we're not trapping and we're not controlling predators." Uh, and and but we we can't figure out why there's fewer turkeys this year than last year, and we don't understand why. Uh, and 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 I believe that the state could be. And I am a fan of the state biologists, and I am a fan of the game wardens. 
but I do, uh, if I had a criticism of them, it would be that there is not enough emphasis uh, and enough of a drive to get people uh, uh you know, interested in control. You know, South Carolina a couple of years ago, they tagged um, whatever it was. Me quoting numbers again is, is always going to be a lie. But they tagged like 12 or 18 coyotes. Uh, and they said, okay, if you shoot one of these or trap one of these coyotes and it has a tag, we're going to give you $1,000. Wow. And, okay, so they've got $18,000 invested in assuming that it was 18 and not 12. They've got $18,000 assuming they every tag gets turned in, which they won't. Uh, but... What they've done is they have created a dialogue. Mm -hmm. They have stirred up some interest and some discussion yep. with people who Give would people not. Give an incentive, too, you know. Giving them an incentive. And, and, but it's just the fact of getting people talking about uh, controlling predators that I applaud them. And I don't see enough of that from the state level. And I wish it existed. And I wish that there was more of an education uh, to us hunters that, hey, there are things that you can do to, you know, by the time we start talking about reducing uh, uh, bag limits and shortening your turkey season, there are a whole lot of things that you could have done over the last 10 years uh, that would have gone a long way to us not having to have this discussion. Right, that would have doubled your turkey numbers. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I, I believe in my heart that, uh, and, and, and again, I'm a huge supporter of, uh, you know, but I think that they could do a better job about getting people excited about or starting that uh, conversation. And I think that there are cost effective ways to at least get people to talk. Right. We're friends with the uh, quail forever guys, you know, mm -hmm. they run the quail forever and, uh, Oh, look at quail numbers. Uh -huh. and yeah. The, and that's the thing. Like uh, they say, you know, you have to have habitat, mm -hmm. which I mean, you have to work on your habitat, but. Predator control is just as important as habitat. You got to right. have both of those, that's right. or you're not going to have any quail. And and the quail are basically when they're small, they're the same thing as a turkey. Right. That's, that's right. right. And I don't know how the, uh, particularly the quail guys, um, you know, because that's more of an open uh, uh, type of environment, usually pastures and uh, and stuff. I don't know how uh, you, you know, justify. Um, we're going to protect hawks, but we're going to let the hawks wear the quail, wild quail, quail population out. Oh, quail, quail right. and rabbits. And yeah. I mean, even small tur I mean, even turkeys. Oh, yeah. Hatch out, they're, That's they're right. Kill them. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know. And, and I'm not smart enough to understand those discussions or what those uh, mm -hmm. things are, uh, uh, honestly. But, uh, but I wish – I feel bad for the quail guys because there are no really wild quail uh available anywhere yep. and and the guys who you go to these plantations and you talk to these guys uh I, I, every now and again i'll do field trials with a buddy he's a hall of fame uh, field trialer he's an older guy goes to my church and uh and i'll uh, ride on the horse and uh keep an eye on the dogs for him uh while he's managing the dogs and everything and uh, he runs these pointers and you talk about some big running dogs but we will go to these quail plantations occasionally i don't do it often but uh, just periodically and the girls love to do it uh because they get to ride the horses while yeah. we're uh, but uh, we'll do that. But you talk to some of these guys who run these quail plantations, uh, and you ask them, "Are any of these birds wild?" They say, "No." You know, we're growing them back here in the chicken house or whatever, and we turn them loose. Uh, and then you ask them, "How many of those quail that they release make it on their own?" And they say, "Zero. 
Zero. They don't have the instincts. They don't have that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody that uh, knows more about it will come on here and mm-hmm. and and say that that we've uh, already that, done it. We've already talked to some that I'm wrong in this, and no, and, and I can be wrong, and 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 that's okay. But it's my understanding, and and from what I have personally spoken with some of these plantation owners, you ask them how many birds will make it from this year to next year left to their own devices out in the wild. So are you establishing sort of a wild population around your plantation? Absolutely not. We are not. Because every one of these things, if they don't have the instincts, and they're all going to be killed by hawks or raccoons or who knows what. Right. Uh, Coyotes yeah. or whatever. Coyotes Bob, or Bobcats. Who, who Bobcats. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, we hunt a lot of places in Alabama, and when you go to a place that somebody has a really good habitat, for quail and turkey yeah. and deer, and they have a good habitat because all all of it is is in conjunction with one another. I mean, if you got a good quail habitat, everything's going to thrive. Right Everything there. will thrive. It, it will thrive. And you get in a habitat that's like that, and those people do predator control, mm-hmm. bobcats, coyotes, raccoons, yeah. possums, and you know they keep those numbers down. Everything's booming. That's you, right. You, you see quail. You, I mean, there's wild quail. There's rabbits running everywhere. There's deer stepping out of the bushes everywhere. That's right. And there's turkeys strutting everywhere. That's right. Yeah. Landon and I built a house with, with a couple guys over in North Birmingham, up in what, Warrior, Kimberly area. Warrior. And while we were building this house, this was, what, two years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. You sit up there, and you could hear the quail. And I'd, I'd whistle back at them like a female quail. And I had them, we had them all up around the house. Oh, sitting wow. Sitting walking around. Yeah. They? Called yeah. a whole covey up. Yeah. Wow. And, and the guy, the guy that was, you know, that we, that we was building the house for, mm-hmm. they kill, I mean, 130, 140 inch deer off this place every year. Wow. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's right by the interstate. What is it, 50, 60 acres? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is what they like own, but I mean, there's there's some land around it. But, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not far from the interstate it's at all. A, well, Landon ended up, the guy let Landon kill a nice buck down there. Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a sweet spot. And the whole thing is, you got a, a perfect habitat for game and then they t- they take the predators out any any chance they get to take a predator out they take it out we went to a spot we rabbit hunted it was the it was the best rabbit oh, hunting yeah. spot i've ever wow. been to in my life and the whole it was you know you had large cow pastures around there but the people that were running the cow pastures were taking the coyotes out every yeah. time they saw a coyote out there they'd kill it because they didn't want it getting on a calf right. and all that because i mean that's their the livelihood yeah. well rabbits they thrived in this one. You didn't center. even need dogs. I, I bet. We, we'd walk in. We, the dogs were running a rabbit. Well, I shot one. Well, they're still running that rabbit. I walk over to pick it up, jump another rabbit, shoot that rabbit, and then I think you ended up killing killing that rabbit. Yeah. I mean, was, I don't know how many we killed that and, day. And, was, and they were just running everywhere. The game w- was thriving because, number one, the habitat was there. Number two, they, they used predator control. Yeah. yeah. And if you talk to Sean Phillips, he owns that down south yeah. trappers. Mm-hmm. And, and in my opinion, he's probably – he and his dad are probably the – couple of the most foremost authorities on i guarantee it you know, know everything they, they know their business see the guy that got bit last week uh, taking a coyote out of a trap might have, maybe uh, been could, him could have I know it was on I, his way it was I, on his page i know yeah. that called it's, black one another yeah. yeah black coyote somebody somebody one of the boys got bit by one in the face Dang. To, it got complacent and bit him in the face we'll have to ask him. send the thing off for may not have been him but it was yeah. somebody on his page mm-hmm. or on his we'll group. ask him. i bet he knows him yeah i'm sure he does but he'll tell you that you have to trap. He'll tell you you have yeah. to kill them, and and and, and just like uh, managing, you know, your property, uh, a deer's rack is a lot of it. Is, you know, a lot of times it's controlled by stress. That's right. And if if he feels hunter stress or uh, uh, like coyote or any kind of wild stress, it affects his rack. That's right. Yep. So I mean, you might have a five year old deer 
he's he's a 130 inch deer at five mm-hmm. years old yeah you know but you take the stress off of him next year he may be 150 inch that's right you never you know that boy you hear uh i you know one thing that bothers me um and and i uh, try not to, to judge this is the one thing that that really gets under my skin is when i see somebody and i don't care if you shoot spikes and i don't care if it's legal, yep. have at it, do what you want. Brown it's down. It doesn't bother me one bit. I don't care how the next person hunt. But the one thing that really gets under my skin, uh, and it isn't the size of the deer that bothers me, but what bothers me is when somebody says, Cole, Cole Buck, and they show you a picture of an immature deer that, or maybe one side is messed up, uh, and uh, and then they've used that as a justification for shooting the deer. And to me, I think be proud of anything you kill and don't kill anything that you're not proud of. Um, and whatever your standard is, uh, you know, uh, s- stick with that. But I, I don't you're talking, think you You're can talking about the people that, like, use that term. As an excuse. is like a yeah. crutch to shoot something. As sort of, yeah, and then they can post it, but th- – you know, and they're because I mean, that, I, I will say there are uh, you know cold bucks that you wanted to get out of your population. Uh, I, I will agree. That. I will agree mm-hmm. that they exist, uh, but I don't think I think it's very difficult it's to call an immature buck a cold buck uh, unless you know this deer personally from last year and the year before, or whatever. And uh, but I really think that a lot of these people ha- are more concerned with what your values are or what your values are or what your criteria is for killing a deer versus what is acceptable to them personally and so they are trying to uh, sort of say oh i shot this because he's a cold because your impression and your uh sort of approval of what i've done is more important than me being proud of what i've done myself right uh so me personally i just uh, that's the one thing that that I think uh, we should we should not worry about and 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 to and on the other side of that coin we shouldn't judge we talked about this earlier yeah. we shouldn't judge what other people the other hunters do if oh, you yeah. want to use crossbow use crossbow if you want to shoot a spike and it's legal shoot a spike if you want you know whatever it is that makes you happy and you can feed your family then that's what you should do but uh, once you start worry stop worrying about what you are proud and what you're uh, uh, approve of uh, in your own behavior and you start worrying about what somebody else is, that's when you start to see conflict yep. and that's when you start to see unhappy hunters and, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, so uh, that, to me, uh, I think, you know what, pull the trigger and be happy with it and post it and be proud of what you've done. Yeah. And I'm proud of it for you. Uh, if you feel like you've had a successful hunt, and I don't care if it's a boon or a spike, if if it's made you happy, I'm proud of what you did, That's right. and 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 I think everybody else is too. Oh yeah, and, and I know? think a lot of the the uh, you know when people say you should have let it go and you know and, yeah. and all that ribbon and stuff like I think yeah. a lot of that. To be honest with you, I think a lot of it's jealousy. Yeah, I agreed. You know, I think there's agreed. a lot of jealousy in the hunting world. I'll That's tell you too, like you know, people say, "Oh, it'll have a messed up rack or whatever." Well, if you're managing that property and you're running cameras or you're seeing these deer, you know, That's it, right. it, you know if it's just an off year for that deer because he could have got an injury, an injury, and we've That's seen right. them come back the next year with perfectly fine racks. That's right. And then Case even in be better. point, mm-hmm. that buck I killed this year, 
uh, when when we had him uh, on camera at three years old, and he was a you know a three year old eight pointer like any one of these little ones here, all right. And then at four years old, he was a nice buck, but one side was just three. He only had three, and had long uh, G two, long main beam, mm-hmm. and had a long brow tine on. Wow. And I mean, it was you like oh, that's a cool buck. Well, I knew I knew the deer, and well, the fifth year last year. He shows up and he's a perfect eight. And man, I hunted him and hunted him. And on January the fourth this year, I I killed him. Yeah, and he's at Carlton Bowhunters right now getting mounted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really I think it's real important uh, that before you start. And and I saw and I wish I had a, I, I would have saved it. Um, I don't know who posted it. Some at some point during deer season I saw it, but uh, it was a picture of a deer that. Uh, at face value, not knowing the deer, looks like a cold buck. Uh, and then they show him, like you said, the next year and the year after. And they've got like seven or eight years of this buck. And uh, But I think it's very, very difficult to call any deer a cold buck unless you know. Yeah, I mean, from, for, from start to finish. He could have got you know? shot. He could have got hit by a car. Right. And that could mess up for whatever reason. That messes up their horns on one side. And I say horns. I know it's supposed to be atlas. Yeah. But, the, uh, uh, you know, and I think it's really we use that term coal way too much um you know shoot if something walks in front of you uh and you want to feel a tag or you want to feed your family or you enjoy pulling the trigger pull the trigger yeah and don't apologize don't apologize to anybody but if you want to grow big bucks don't shoot your coals not not just (laughs) yet yeah (laughs) if you're if you're yeah if you want if you want to grow you've got a different you know set of uh well, criteria then. Well, that's like with the you know the the buck limits in the state of Alabama now. I mean, I think it, I think it evens out among everybody. You know, because you can kill what one spike and then you get a six and then basically four on one side. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So I mean, that pretty much takes care of everybody. And you know, if you want to, if if you mm. get, if you're can't hunt but on Saturdays and you don't care about horns and you're trying to feed your family, you can kill a spike and as many does as you want to kill. Right. You know. That's right. So <clears throat> it just it just leaves the door. And then it also it it lets people who want to manage property right beside somebody that wants to shoot whatever they want, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah, they, they can because they're only going to take one small buck out of the herd. So now you can grow the rest of them bigger. Well, most hunt clubs now, you know, they have right restri- uh, point restrictions. <laughs> right. So you every know, club you get into will be yeah. different. Six pointer better, eight pointer better, whatever. That's why I ain't never going to join a, yeah. a club is because yeah. I would, you know. Well, we, we got a club. We've been in it for 26 years. And it, it's, you know, my dad, he's the president of the club. And he, he lets people, you know, what do you want? You know, six point. Okay, yeah, y'all pay all this money. This is what we're gonna do this year. Well, what three years ago we decided we're gonna take six to eight. What we got now? Eight, eight or nine eight, members. Eight of the core members. It's always been there. Okay. And now, now everybody in the club says, "Look, we want mature bucks. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going after. Yeah, yep. Good. four Good. year olds or older. Good. We don't care if it's a four pointer. Now, now we run cameras religiously. We know every deer on that property. Yeah. And so. You know, we always say, all right, what about this deer right here? Yeah, that's, you know, you look, you look, you can tell by the body. That's right. Yeah, if you want to shoot that one, you can shoot that one. Yep. And, uh, you know, we let a lot of, you know, stuff like this go because, you know, he's he's not the age limit yet. But, and and that has worked out well. The last buck uh, that I killed uh, was, it's been probably four or five years. Uh, And I'm heavy handed. And I think that people could be, uh, justifiably so, I'm heavy-handed with the does. Um, I really am. And uh, and what 
the way I may want to manage stuff is not for the next guy and vice versa. Uh, but the, I killed a 147 inch, uh, buck a few years ago and, and I've let everything else, uh, walk since then. Um, and I had one and I don't see a whole lot of bucks. Don't get, I don't have the best, uh, but, and the most, uh, deer, I mean, hey, and I that, don't, is that buck on your Facebook? Uh, is that him? No, that ain't me, Lord. That thing is a monster. <laughs> so David, there he is, right like there. There he is, right there. Okay, sweet. Um, oh yeah, so, great buck. Uh, but uh, I haven't shot a buck uh, at all since then, except for that one. I ju- oh, I just told you. Uh, so I lied, clearly right. lied. <laughs> that, uh, that one with the broken leg, I, I shot him. He was, right. I thought, a mercy. Mercy turned kill. out not mercy to be kill. a mercy kill. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I let a lot of, uh, but and I had one last year that. Uh, he came out and, or he's in the thick stuff and real black looking uh, deer, uh, beautiful deer with these really vivid white rings around his eyes. Uh, and, but, uh, and he looked to me like he was probably 130 inch deer, which may have been smaller, may have been bigger. Uh, but he uh, is in the thick stuff and he's at 25 yards and no way to get no little windows, which I don't mind sometimes shooting through a, if it's if I think I can pull it off, and I've mm-hmm. been successful over the years for doing that, but the uh, he, he if he comes on out, uh, if he comes left, he gets to ride home uh, on the four wheeler, and if he goes <laughs> any other way, he's going home, and uh, so uh, he uh, turned right instead of left, and and uh, boy, I drew back on that thing, and and he stopped right behind a tree, and it seemed like forever i don't know that i could have you know uh i may not have even been able to you know uh shoot 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 at him uh if he'd come the right way and to begin with but mm-hmm. he ended up going the wrong way and uh so you know i let a lot of uh small i'll pull that phone out and i'm telling you lickety split and part of it is i'll film and i'm out filming and not want to shoot him yeah you yeah. know if he's kind of on the yeah. I'm on the fence, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I'm like, I haven't shot one in so long. You know, it's been years now since I've shot a buck. And uh, so, you know, I'll really kind of, uh, you know, uh, try to film and, and that kind of thing and uh, to take my mind uh, away from it. The biggest deer I ever saw, uh, and I, he was so big, I, I'd hate to – and he'd get bigger now that I'm telling the story, of course. Uh, you know, just, just a few inches. 400 inch deer. Just a few. Uh, yeah. yeah, high fence. Look, it must have escaped from. High. Yeah. Uh, it was um, probably six, five or six years ago, um, and it was one of those rare Alabama days, like 18 degrees out, mm-hmm. but the wind was blowing like 20 miles, gusting 20 miles an hour. But it started off real calm and everything. I was sitting on my deer stand. Uh, and I heard a deer coming in, uh, and I had it. I was shooting a uh, not a wrist release, but the finger release mm-hmm. uh, that you. And I, and I would just let that thing hang from the D loop. Um, and I use these great. And I'm telling you, um, I'll see if I can get y'all some. You love them. Uh, I, I wish I would have thought I could have brought you some. Uh, I use these amazing bow holders made by Third Hand Archery. Uh, and I'm not just trying to plug sponsors. They are amazing. Uh, but you put your bow uh, in this bow holder, reverse it, and you can climb Ooh. in your climber with the bow 
in your bow holder. Sweet. You wow. don't have to fool with the bow rope. You don't, it's yeah. amazing. And then when it comes time, you're not reaching way up over your head with all this movement to get your bow. It's right by your hand. They're so phenomenal. So basically, you just slide your hand in it and pick it up. They are phenomenal. Awesome. Well, anyway, so uh, I've got the bow in the bow holder. Uh, I hear a deer coming in. Uh, I know it's a deer, and you can kind of see through the thick stuff a little bit. He's coming out of the bedding area, and uh, and I, but I got my bow off the bow holder, and that release. It I don't know if it hit the riser when I was getting it off the bow or what. It, it hit something. There was metal on metal compact. Uh, contact and it was just like this the faintest tink but in that cold winter mm -hmm. air when nothing else is moving except this deer slowly moving through the woods it sounds like you slammed a truck hood it Boom! sounds like you slammed a truck hood <laughs> right exactly and uh so he quit uh he quit moving just about to step out and he stopped moving and i didn't know what he would he ended up, i wouldn't have shot him anyways six point he walked behind me and i could have killed him at that point and let him go uh so, but I took that, uh, that release, um, and I put it in, you know, that tube hand warmer thing yeah, that you yep. put, and you got your hand warmer in there. Uh, so you got your hot hands in there mm -hmm. and, uh, but I, I put it in that, uh, in that thing. Now I, uh, am proud to say that I am rarely affected by buck fever. <laughs> uh, I am proud to say turkey fever or something, else. Uh, but buck fever. I'm usually very level-headed and cool um, uh, as long as things are going according to script. When things start screwing up, then that's another matter. So uh, I put that thing in my hand warmer. The wind starts coming up, um, and it's gusting like so. With the wind chill, it's like around zero degrees. Right. I mean, it is cold, and. Uh, I hear some movement between wind gusts coming from the left. And so I stand up. The biggest deer I have ever seen in my life runs out and stands. And I am telling you, I'm pointing at the ground at my feet Whoa. in the studio. Y'all can't see. Uh, directly under me. Mm. I mean, directly uh, under me. And there was a, um, you know, I had. I was using at the time that Evercom stuff, that mm -hmm. waxy stuff, right. and I put it on a branch. So he's sitting there. He stops right there, perfect, and he's sniffing that thing. And it's a slam dunk. I'm about to kill the biggest deer anybody's ever seen in the history of the world. Yeah. And <laughs> right, uh, uh, Buckasaurus. I mean, he, Buckzilla. You nobody's yeah. ever seen the like. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, don't look at the horns. Don't look at the horns. And uh, uh, so I pick up my bow off the bow holder, and I go to pull it back, and the release ain't there. And I'm calm. I'm calm, cold as ice, c calm as anything you've ever seen. The release hitting there, and I don't remember where it is. And I start <laughs> fumbling all over the place like I'm ha like I'm crackhead having withdrawals. You know, I can't I can't find it. I can't remember what I've done with it. And uh, he he get, he's giving me plenty of time. To, I probably should have just shot off the fingers, but he runs across the uh, green field that I'm uh, staring, little teeny green field that I'm staring at. Right before he ran, uh, took off, he looked over his shoulder uh, the way he had come. So I thought, get it together, Chris. There may be another one behind him because he looked like he was running. Yeah. And uh, so I get the release out and put it on the day loop. And I'm ready to go for anything now that, that yeah. happens. A couple dogs come out. Uh, Great Pyrenees and something else come out that have been running him. Mm. Uh, but that is, uh, you know, and, and I promise you, it, I, it's 
four or five years, I don't know, four or five years ago, probably five years ago, uh, and I have thought about that hundreds of times, if not thousands of times have I thought about that day and those, you know, want to stick out. Uh, And for me, that's one of the many blown opportunities over the years. You know, but I completely fell apart. Uh, You know, uh, calm as, as ice. Until things start going wrong or you make a mistake, uh, and then uh, for me, that's when I usually uh, suffer from a little bug fever. <laughs> so, well, that's good. It's good stuff. Well, man, this has been fun, Chris. I've this really has, this enjoyed has been a lot it. Of fun. I have too. Yeah, and I'm glad we got to meet you finally. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. having me. Shoot, really anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris, Landon, thank yeah, you so much. Anytime. Uh, we. Uh, Y'all got uh, y'all go on his uh, go on Facebook and uh, y'all can look Chris up. He goes by Chris, but his. I guess legal name is Kristen, right? Uh, no, uh, honestly, uh, my legal name is Christopher. Okay. Um, Christian, I put because I think I feel as a Christian that people need to stand up and be counted as such. Um, so my name is Christopher. Uh, I put Christian on Facebook because I am proud to be a Christian. Uh, a Christian, and okay. I'm proud that uh, uh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Good so, deal, man. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's but, great yeah, y'all definitely go on, and I guess they look it up, Christian Weston. Christian okay, okay. Weston, yeah. W-E-S-T-E-N on Facebook. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a pro staffer from Moss Elk and many others. and uh, Scent blocker. Scent blocker. And uh, y'all be able to follow him and, and, and watch uh, watch his turkey season this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Th- I really for, enjoyed it. Thanks for being it. on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. God bless y'all. You too. Yeah, we just want to thank Chris again for coming in. He had an hour ride to get here. And uh, I think it was worth it. It was a real good show. And he's a very smart guy. And we're going to have him on again. Don't forget to go to his social media and follow him. Give, you know, Hit that like button and follow button. And don't forget to go to Alabama Sports' Facebook page. And uh, like and follow us there. Also on Instagram, it's one, Alabama Sportsman. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to do all that. And don't forget to listen to the podcast. Go ahead and, and uh, wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and subscribe there. Thanks again for listening.